BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Take Cast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I'm joined by my friend Kevin Cole from his Substack Unexpected Points. We're going to get into some Substack theory, how he's going to run it, some of our ideas about it towards the end of the show. Of course, I thought uh, after a pretty tumultuous weekend in the NFL, it's been, I don't know, a month, five, six weeks since we've done, you know, kind of a look around the NFL, looked at some of the storylines, looked at some of the futures markets. I thought it was a good idea to have Kevin come on the program and tackle some of those. So hope that you guys enjoy it. I know that I always enjoy talking to Kevin, as always, if you want to support this show, you can subscribe to Take Cot. Take cast uh, the take cast Patreon rather. Uh, you can just tell a friend about the program, or you can leave a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, everyone, welcoming back to the program, our friend Kevin Cole from the what, what's the what's the what's the title of your Substack? What is it? God damn, man, do some research. Uh, unexpected points. Unexpected. Oh, beautiful, points. beautiful. Okay, yeah. Get it? I mean, like look, expected I need to points, do the research. but unexpected points. You guys, I mean, you have, you have my email. It's in there. You know, I, I like, I, number one thing, number one, because I, you know, I've been in these streets when my friend starts a thing, a Patreon, a Substack, a, a newsletter. I'm, you're getting my email. I'm always there for it just because it's nice to see. I mean, look, we, number go up. That's all anyone ever really cares <laughs> well, we were about. We were already discussing about the, 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 the very real likelihood that I already fucked up not getting people to pay. So that'll be the real test. That'll be the real test of friendship is when I'm seeing people, I'm just like, uh-huh, there you go. I always knew I couldn't trust that fucker. Um, so I do. Know, that, when when the- someone signs up for the Take Cast Patreon and I recognize their name, I'm always like, little little hat tip, you know? Yeah, and yeah, and tip of the cap. I mean, I do, I do think, uh, you know, I mean, look, you got to, you got to charge people. You can't be, you can't be giving away the cow's milk for free, buddy, because then. Yeah, yeah. I'm also hurting the, the solidarity of, of independent, uh, uh, publishers by giving it away for free, yeah gretch you know? gretch is gonna slide in your dms and be like dude we can't be giving away these talking points for free you gotta like you gotta the, pay for the, that the the scion of the graduates from harvard and then takes an unpaid internship someplace uh and then just ruining everyone else's chances to pay for their bills in new york city so i can't i can't do that correct um so the the primary thing i want to to talk about today is i think we are close enough now we can start to think about what are like the dominant storylines of this season. 
What have we learned? What are the betting markets telling us? And I, I thought, I, I was not expecting to see this. Um, so I, I went over to our friends over at the FanDuel Sportsbook uh, and mm-hmm. the pretty liquid market. I, sure. I was really not expecting the Bills to rebound to be the Super Bowl favorites after that loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm assuming what that is baking in is that the Chiefs' path to getting the one seed is now much thinner as a result of losing that game to the Bengals and anytime you have to add in. Well, they lost to the game. Bills, too. Well, right. So they did lose to the Bills, but they were still ahead of the Bills. No, no, I agree. But I'm just saying that's also a huge factor in these calculations is the Bills. The Bills are going to have the tiebreaker. The Well, the Bills and the Bengals are going to have the tiebreaker over them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that Bengals. that's... Well, Bengals aren't really going to come all the way back, I don't think. I mean, I, I actually, I, I've been high on the Bengals all season, so I shouldn't be dismissive. So, so I've been... That's, that's actually where I want to start is I was really low on the Bengals coming into this season. So one being... And I've actually had a come-to-Jesus moment with Joe Burrow. I think I talked about this on TV. I don't, I don't think I've talked about this on the show. He did a podcast a couple weeks ago. And like, what's, what's, I, and you know, this, I mean, taking sacks for a quarterback is really bad, right? Take, it's just really bad. Yes. It's, it's a statistic that the quarterback owns for the most part. I mean, the example that I always go to is you, you remember that bills or that Buccaneers chief Super Bowl, And all you can think of in your mind's eyes, that Mahomes was just on his ass the whole game and yeah, if you zero ask sacks some, until the fourth quarter yeah if you ask someone how many times he got sacked in that game they'd be like i don't know 10 and he yeah he got took took three in total um whereas burrow is like i mean for uh, he's not there anymore for a little while this season he had a sack rate above like 10 percent. it was really bad but my come to jesus moment was he's doing this podcast and he explains it he's like yeah you know i know i take too many sacks but if you go look if you look at the numbers a lot of them are on third down a lot of them are outside of field goal range. And I'm just saying, I'm going to try and make something happen. Now, obviously, he's painting himself in a favorable light because that's what athletes do. But if you look at it, it is actually more true than I thought it would be. I kind of just thought it'd be him talking shit. So I, I've more come to Jesus there. And then also, you know, just shook by the small sample of the Chiefs just being completely unable to beat this stupid fucking team. And it's so infuriating. Okay, well, let me talk Burrow for a second, because... I believe the podcast you're talking about was actually an off-season podcast, if I remember correctly. Maybe it got rehashed recently. And I looked at it. I don't know, honestly, if he does have that that great of a calibration for when he's taking sacks or not. It sounded like a theoretically good idea, but... Well, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Even in the playoffs, he took sacks multiple times uh the titans were one i don't remember another game where he almost pushed them out of field goal range but evan mcpherson was like low-key uh a co-mvp of their playoff run for the fact that he was just nailing these 55 yard kicks over and over and over again and he did that sometimes when burrow pushed them back uh as part of that so i think for burrow i i see him having a career arc that's somewhat similar to and in terms of sacks it's somewhat similar to Ben Roethlisberger and Andrew Luck, where you just take a lot of punishment. And at a certain point, you're like, I can't do this anymore. And I need to adjust my game. And those two guys who have the ability to get the ball out quickly, who have the ability to read defenses, who are smart guys, who aren't like run first type of quarterbacks who can't execute quick game, things like that. Uh, I think Burrow can execute that sort of stuff. So I think he'll he'll eventually learn, you know, I just can't take all these hits number one because i'm putting myself in too big of a risk of injury regardless of the epa ish sort of stuff on that not everyone understands that but our boy mahomes mentioned specifically on the podcast that he did with the kelsey brothers that 
he throws the ball away rather than taking a sack because it hurts your team. He said that perfectly. And I was like, that's our man. He's well, he's I mean, he's, guy. he's just the golden boy. Right. I mean, <laughs> of course. Yeah. I, I'm, I, and I have, um, perpetually scored... underrated. He's the only guy on my underrated scorecard since like week one, 2008, I guess even before that, I'll just say since being drafted, I had him on my underrated scorecard. Uh, a storyline, um, like a, a storyline that I've really appreciated this season is everyone who's like liked Justin Herbert more than Patrick Mahomes in the offseason, just having to very slowly walk that back over the course of 14 weeks, be like, well, you know, I mean, you know, he doesn't have any receivers and his lines hurt and Staley's not that good of a coach. And it's like, nah, I think everyone knew those takes were bad when when they were when they were lost. Well, I mean, I had a I didn't have a Herbert is better than Mahomes, because that's ridiculous. But I did in the offseason think that Herbert had the possibility of being like the Mahomes, Josh Allen, maybe even seen as being we, higher than Josh we Allen. We should be watching uh, him take so a, that, yeah. a leap right now. Yeah, so that, and that didn't happen. But I, but no, I would never have said he was going to be better than Mahomes. And I know some people have said it. Are these like real people or is this like Chargers 42069 on Twitter? I believe the executive poll this offseason. Oh, the I believe. Poll. I believe they had Allen number one player in the NFL, Herbert number two, and Mahomes number three. That's a possibility. I definitely have heard Allen. I definitely heard Allen above Mahomes. And again, it was like a recency bias thing based upon that insane playoff run. I think people kind of forgot how Josh Allen struggled quite a bit himself during the regular season last year. Person um, person that, listening yeah. to this podcast, just in your head right now, guess off the top of your head what Josh Allen's career adjusted yards per attempt is. Just guess. Oh, I, I don't. I, I don't even know. I, I I try and think of what the scale is for something like that. Uh, I don't know seven well, or something like that. So it's seven point two. That's pretty good guess by by me. All right. It is. It is pretty good. And obviously, that doesn't include all of what Allen adds to the team because he's like probably the best rushing quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Given given how like he's obviously he's not as good in the open field as like Fields or Lamar is. But I I think you could actually even argue he's he's more effective running. Well, anyone but Hurts because he – it feels like his success rate is literally 100%. Like, whenever Josh yeah. Allen decides to run, it feels like it's always a first down or a he touchdown. He had a little bit of a, of a like, fumble issue. Uh, I'm not sure if he's cleaned that up or not, but that was a little bit – like, he's he's he, he was a little bit less used to running, I think, than maybe someone like Jalen Hurts as far as fumbles are concerned. But, yeah, no, no. I mean, he's a beast. There's no way around it. Yeah. Are you uh, – do you think that the Bills – made an error going all in cap wise this season, you know, with the Von Miller stuff, but because it feels like they maybe, I mean, look, they, you know, best ball bros and the bills maybe both thought Gabe Davis better than he actually is. Cause it really feels like they're missing a really strong second wide receiver, which um, I mean, you know, we know how important that relationship is between wide receiver strength and quarterback production. Like it, it, it feels like there's someone out there they could have gotten, you know, and, and, you know, feels like a first round pick. I mean, imagine the Bills with AJ Brown or Hollywood Brown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the contract for Vaughn is probably a bit of an overpay. It's one of these weird deals where he's never going to see the end of it because he'll be like forty years old, and I don't know how right. many forty year old uh, edge rushers are really out there. So I have a harder time though picking at that one because it is like filling a need, and especially the way things were going at the beginning of the season. We'll see if they get healthy again, but they were not blitzing anyone and just generating crazy pressure to start the season. So if they can get all that back together, I think that's pretty powerful. Uh, in a weird way, I would say 
the Stefan Diggs extension is not like by player bad, but it's just something they didn't need to do. And they just threw a bunch of money at him, I guess, because everyone else was getting a bunch of money. No, and keep maybe... the, not not going to nitpick that. Keep the dude happy. Well, I'm just saying we, they didn't have to do it. So I don't know. So that, that's one thing. And then the other thing is like the second round pick on James Cook, I guess they're going to get something out of it. But that is an opportunity to take a shot at a wide receiver. You know, like why not throw a second round pick at a wide receiver or something D- like that? Didn't they take him over George with... Pickens? Yeah, I don't get their obsession trying to upgrade uh, Devin Singletary for like three years now when he's perfectly fine. And you don't no, want to throw I, the ball I get, to the I get that. I get that. I get that much. You don't want to throw your ball to the running backs anyway. So Yeah, but Josh Allen does, though. I mean, we like. No, no, does he? I mean, I don't think he's. I doubt he's very high on that scale. You see, I mean, it's it's more just like these random spike games, like Singleton, like, you know, Zach Moss having six targets in the first game of the season. Devin Singletary has an 11 target game and four different five target games. Like, he does do it. And I mean, look, Singletary is is a bang average running back. Not to say, I mean, you know, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl with Damian Williams and Daryl Williams. Like it's, it, you know, the the Buccaneers with with Fournette. Like it's it's not that big of a deal. But I I get that. I obviously don't get spending the second round pick. But I I like the McKissick thing actually made total sense to me. Um, yeah, the McKissick thing is fine because they didn't really give up anything. That's fine there. I just well like, they the, they the, tried to sign him and they didn't get him. Then they traded. What a fifth round pick. Oh, no, no, sorry. I was thinking of Heinz, like yeah, Heinz yeah. McKissick, same, same, same thing, right? But it's just the second round pick was the worst, though, of all of all the choices to use that on on Cook. I mean, he's fine. Like, we'll see. He might be useful on these fantasy streets the last, uh, you know, a little bit of the season, but I don't know. I, I didn't like that. Yeah. And then, I mean, if you are, if you are not a believer in either of those two teams, there's, I mean, the, the markets do not seem to particularly believe in the Miami Dolphins 18 to 1. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of, a, I just don't, I, I think AFC's that AFC is rough. AFC is rough. AFC super rough. The NFC is horrible. Like, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've been the biggest Jalen Hurts bowl on this planet and I still like in my mind's eye, I can just see them losing a home playoff game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, in the NFC conference championship. Like you could totally see it. Sure. No one really believes in the Cowboys. Like, I don't know. It feels like with the bills. I mean, the bills are super banged up. They just got announced today. Von Miller has a torn ACL. Like feels like they're not really that dominant. Everyone kind of believes the Bengals last season were like this giant fluke. Kansas city is like literally in the middle of a rebuild year. You know, they're just using all these veteran cast offs at wide receiver. It feels like there's not really a dominant team, which is is kind of bizarre. Yeah, I mean I think the Bills and the Chiefs are pretty good still. The Bills are the Bills are awesome, yeah. Yeah, I mean I think they're 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 pretty good. They're pretty good. Um and the Bengals, so here's my whole my whole Bengals take in the offseason was they will be better. And not in the way like I know everyone said they were going to upgrade the offensive line and that you know, you know, fans do this whole thing where we've upgraded our weakness and then we just assume all of our strengths will stay our strengths. So therefore strengths. Our team will, well, our team will be better this year. I don't think that was as much of a concern with the Bengals. There was a concern about the outlier plays continuing to happen. The big plays continue to happen. But do you believe in Jamar Chase and T Higgins? I don't think anyone thought that they were like fluky players or something like that. So or do you believe in Joe Burrow? And, you know, maybe he's gotten a little bit step up in his belief there. So I do think they're fundamentally a better team this year, but I didn't know if their results would be better. I mean, certainly we don't think they'll be better than going to the Super Bowl, most likely, but I didn't know if their results would be better this year. But I do think they are a better team. 
I mean, I think that I think that seems pretty reasonable. I mean, and and what like the 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 Chiefs' inability to beat them is so frustrating because obviously they've been so close in so many of these games. Like the AFC Conference Championship is just like a total. How did that happen? Um, and then even even this game in in week thirteen, it's like great. You just you 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 kick a field goal. You kick a fifty five yard field goal because Mahomes like happened to land on his ankle the wrong way or something on the third down, which is yeah, just like Andy really. Reed. Andy Reid had a couple of those. I mean, he did go for the fourth down on the goal line, but he had a couple of of those. So right now, I have Cincinnati. Believe it or not, and they they should have won some games to start the season. That was their problem. They they gave yeah. away the Steelers game. They turned over the ball a billion times. Um. I have them all the way up at fourth behind just behind Kansas City, Buffalo, Philly. Uh, I would have San Francisco next, but you know, Garoppolo. San Francisco is still listed at 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl on FanDuel. Yeah, there's no Garoppolo hate is 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 through the roof here. Uh Dallas next, then Miami, then Baltimore, then Seattle, believe it or not. I don't know. I might have to adjust that one. She's got high for Seattle, but Gino, 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 Gino Smith, MVP, MVP season. I mean, I, I, I put this out there on Twitter the other day. I'm, I'm curious your, uh, your thoughts on it. So the Seattle Seahawks have the fifth most cap space in the NFL next, uh, this, this off season. And they have yeah. what right now looks like it's going to be the number three and the number 20 overall pick. Obviously that could change either direction. What do you, who do you think quarterbacks the most games for them next year? And what do you think Gino will be next season? That's a good question because I think it's almost an assumption at this point that Gino is going to stay on some sort of deal that will be maybe like a glorified two-year deal that looks like a longer deal. Um, and if that happens, can they really draft someone that high up? I don't know. I, I think I think Gino's most likely – only because if they don't get into the top two picks, once we get through the ringer, when it comes to the draft, you just don't know where these guys are going to end up. Um, I mean, Deshaun Watson fell to 12th, right, in the draft. So even these guys, people assume whether it's Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or whoever, who knows if, if they'll really end up being guys that people want to spend, you know, three straight picks. at the Well, Stroud, the is, Stroud has been pretty bad um yeah 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 but i mean physically young's kind of a smaller guy too i think for watson it was some like physical concerns i think for him arm strength concerns he had he Um, had like the worst throw strength of any quarterback at the combine for like years i think is what it was uh the vaunted accuracy of the radar gun that they that they had there so yeah, we had a lot of interceptions. Deshaun Watson also had a lot of interceptions as a in his final season. So I think that played into the perception that maybe his arm strength wasn't there. So I, I'm just not sure this class is going to be as strong as people thought a year ago. No, I mean, it seems like uh, a lot of big boards are moving this edge guy, Will Anderson. Again, I'm, you know, two months from now, come and talk to me about these guys and betting on the markets and everything. I will have a better idea. I am. Um, and plus, I just, this is a Seattle franchise that found Russell Wilson in the third round and Geno Smith on a you know on a on a trash heap somewhere. Are they really? Gonna how be about? Like how, I mean, just how about Pete Carroll owning us, right? I mean, Pete, he's just really owning the nerds. And, well, the, and the Seahawks are like third in pass rate over expectation this year. These guys, they're really owning us. Yeah. But he he called specifically people like us out i i want to say like six weeks ago or so he said you know i heard everyone you know saying oh he's too old he only wants to run the ball 
you know, I so he he knew. And man, does do the Seattle Seahawks? I mean, they literally look like geniuses. That's got to be the most lopsided trade in the history of like the modern NFL. Not not including you know the insane like you know people didn't know what they were doing with the Herschel Walker and the Ricky Williams. Like this is a different different environment. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean. I don't want to close the book on Russell Wilson and everything there necessarily. Let's give him one more season before we make that assessment, probably with the new head coach, but you're right. As of now, it's not looking too hot. Yeah. I mean, the, the Russell Wilson contract numbers. I mean, have you, have you started to get into any of this fanfic of like what the Denver Broncos are going to end up doing? A little bit, you know, journalists annoy me generally and it was happening Remember last week was like Aaron Rodgers needs to be benched and Jordan Love needs to be put in week. And it's just like, what are you going to do with Aaron Rodgers exactly after the, after this season? You're going to take well, a $100 million cap hit you, and, you force and him, trade him, force him you know? to retire. It doesn't matter. You see, it just, that's just like releasing him by, by, by the cap. So it's like. How is that true? You, you still have to pay true. someone's cap number if they retire? Look it up. Look it up. It's all part no of it. It's, fucking it's, way, dude. That yes, is not yes, the way it, it works. <laughs> that is the way it works. You don't they don't they don't wipe them off the books that uh, is for their cap. Insane. I've never so, heard anyone make that point. And then so so like that was just uh plus it's like it's Aaron Rodgers, people. I mean, I am as cold-blooded, well, not as cold-blooded as anyone, but I understand the cold thinking of this. But hey, the guy's like a four-time MVP. If he wants to play out the season rather than throw a probably not good Jordan Love in there. It's fine. That's fine with me to do it. But let's look up Wilson because I think Wilson is possible to get out in two years, if I remember correctly. Not, not until words. not until twenty twenty five. So his dead cap number. Well, let's look 100... at the post June first. So post June first is a, a net zero in twenty twenty four. If you post June first him somehow, um, but you can't. You're not going to have any cap space, so it doesn't really matter that you that you don't that you don't get that cap space until later. So after the 2023 season, they can cut him. They'll have to roll that forward though. So they're going to be taking what what's the total amount here? So they'll be taking the 85 million cap hit in installments there. Um but they can have a zero uh cap. No, they'll take a cap hit. They'll be they'll be 35 million in dead money, but it'll be net zero to get rid of them after 2023. I just, I that's mean, it. That's their window. They, that's their window. But so then you're should, taking they another should, 30 they something do that, million right? the next year. They should what? do that. I mean, uh, what I guess we're not even there yet. So we'll, we'll see because yeah, his cap hit the fine. The next season is up to 55. Oh, uh, no, no, it's up to, no, sorry. It's, 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 it's 30, it's 35.4 million in 2024. The next season is 55.4 million. So if you wanted to run him, like if he shows some signs next year, and you wanted to run him through 2024, then you could cut him even pre-June 1st after 2024 and save about $6 million in cap. But the problem is that's saving $6 million off of $55 million. So you're still taking a $50 million cap charge. You just like can't do that. No, you, can't, you, can't. You, can't, you can't do that and expect to uh, a team without multiple first. Like there's just no way. They, I guess I mean, this I, but is the, just What it. do you do if you're, who is it? George Patton is over there Yeah, now? is there GM? Peyton? Is it Peyton or Patton? I don't even know. Um, it's just got to be, got to be, got to be patent because there's no why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't um, know. English I, is a funny I should, probably, I should probably know that. But he get, you know, the guy from uh, Minnesota or wherever he was before. And like, he's what's like, you got to like game theory what 
keeps him from being fired and never heard from again, because that's got to be crossing your fingers and hoping Russell Wilson plays well next season. And then has some justification to restructure him and bring him back, which will tie you to him for even longer. But I don't know. That's probably the only way he survives. I I would say probably the way forward if I was uh, if I was this guy trying to save my job is I let Hackett go after the season and I basically yeah, just sell good. it. You sell it he's to the ownership good. and you just say, look, we thought we were going to get Aaron Rodgers. And then you just you skip over the fact that Aaron Rodgers is bad now. And so that's why we hired this guy. Look, it was a mistake. I'll admit it. I made a mistake. Give me a chance to rectify it. You hire what? I don't know. I mean, I guess so. I guess there are a couple of different ways you could go. You could find Schottenheimer, right? Where where does he have a job right now? He probably Schottenheimer. He was in Jacksonville last year. I don't Schotten, know. Schottenheimer or Waldron, right? You 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 hire someone who's had success with Russell Wilson and is familiar with his limitations, right? As opposed to trying to make Russ in because because I think what's a coaching become, analyst for the Dallas Cowboys. Coaching analyst. There you go. He can he'll he'll come in and be your offensive coordinator, right? Um I mean I I, I think at this point I, I feel comfortable saying Russ was never the cook we imagined him to be, right? He just he would never was that Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Rogers, Manning, he just was never like obviously had great arm talent, obviously very accurate deep thrower, yada yada. But in terms of like calling audibles and managing and and like figuring all this stuff out, that's kind of harder and more intangible. I I feel comfortable saying he was never that guy, right? I mean, I don't know where you're at on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was in the camp of he could cook a little bit more, but I had arguments with people when Russ was at his. You know, I, I do Pro- probably with me, probably with me. I had the old no. It was it wasn't it wasn't with you as much as as some other people. I had a PFF um, video that went out before the 2020 season, so this was like Russ at his peak. This was like, talk about the the executive survey of the off season. This was Russ and Mahomes were the two guys who got all 50 votes as being tier one guys. So he, Russ was above Mahomes, I believe in the NFL 100. Of course, that's NFL players voting on it. So Lamar was number one. Russ was number two. Mahomes was number three. Mahomes had even had like a three thing, I think after that, where he was rubbing it in uh, the next, the next season. So I said at that point that Russ was overrated. Like he's not a Mahomes. He's not a 1B to Mahomes is 1A. And I even had conversations with people that while we can discount some of the signal for the fact that you don't run a high passing offense from him because that's what Pete Carroll wants to do. At the same time, if Pete Carroll, I was pretty confident if Pete Carroll had Pat Mahomes or Pete Carroll had Peyton Manning or someone, they're not going to run that offense that they're running with Russell Wilson. Like, I don't care what he wants to do. Like, that's just not going to happen. So there is, there was definitely a signal there that I was recognizing that some others at the time probably wanted to completely discount. I mean, there's, there, I think that's what we're learning, right? I mean, we're learning Also the that... CPOE, the like completion percentage over expectation versus EPA wars also, you know, there was this thought of, Mahomes isn't as accurate by CPOE and he has a high EPA. So a lot of people were saying vis-a-vis Russ that that just means it's so much easier for him in this offense with those receivers, with this coach. 
and Russ, everything is really hard for him. And he's plays at such a high level, but he doesn't get the easy stuff that Mahomes gets. So that's why his efficiency isn't higher. And I think that's been proven pretty definitively wrong at this point, which is also another Patrick Mahomes thing in this interview that this is the part that I love more than anything. They asked him about stats for quarterbacks. And he's like, I'm not a completion percentage guy. Not that it's not good to have a good completion percentage, but you have to like give your guys chances to make plays. You have to throw the ball away. You have to think about it in a way that's giving your team the best chance to win, not just giving you like the highest completion percentage. Well, this is what we always used to say about Rogers, right? Was that Rogers yeah. would not give his guys enough, uh, enough chances to win. I mean, the fact that, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is still getting targets in this Chiefs offense, despite, I mean, look, I had high hopes for him for fantasy. I thought, you know, we'd see MBS running, you know, 70-yard touchdowns in three times a year. I mean, it's not happening, but he's still out there, and the defense still has to guard him because Mahomes, I don't know, one and a half times per game is saying, all right, buddy, 60 yards straight. Well, he redeemed run. himself a little bit. He dropped the touchdown, but then he caught another pass. Uh, he had a, a huge, bit. he did have a huge one against the Bengals. I, I don't know. I was gonna say Mahomes also said that Rogers was the guy that he that he like patterned his game after. So that's weird because they don't really match up in, in that sort of temperament in that way. I mean, he can't, but like it's like, okay, yeah, you can kind of see how he could think that, but then at the same time be like, yeah, but sometimes it's more fun to do this. Like, you know, it's like also probably I, I feel like <laughs> Rogers Mahomes, just makes some cool fucking throws. So that's what you pattern your game after. Right? I feel yeah. like Mahomes at a certain point, like like I, I this is always something I've wondered about, like great athletes is like, when did you realize not only that you were good, but that you were like maybe the best ever? Like it's it's like a, you know, a, a, a teenage like wizard or witch, like experiencing that they have powers for the first time. Like Mahomes is at high school college football practice and uh you know they they have to do some drill and Mahomes just like does it perfectly and like you know he turns around and all the other quarterbacks are throwing with him and they're like dude how the shit did you do that like that's so far beyond our understanding and I I, I think he, you could see that with him he just being like oh yeah you know these behind the back you know create like all the crazy stuff he actually had a hilariously bad interception against the rams where he was trying to do the no look thing to kelsey and yeah. the defender knew it was coming and he just threw it right to him which is like rogers would never do that yeah yeah i mean rogers has some interceptions this year but you're right there was one stretch i want to say 2018 because it was when green bay was not performing well i'm almost positive it was 2018 because they actually won games in 2019 even though rogers wasn't that good but there was one stretch during that season where rogers had i don't know what it was 250 275 300 straight attempts without an interception and you looked at those games that he played during that stretch and the team was like three three and six it's like you should never throw zero interceptions if your team is three and six i'm sorry you're not scoring enough points like your defense is not giving up 40 points a game like you've got to be pushing it a little bit harder than that and you're right like mahomes isn't going to do that manning was never one to do that. i mean manning has plenty of three four interception games peyton manning did because like who cares if you if you're throwing your fourth interception if you're down by a lot and your defense can't stop anyone anyway there's no point in, in doing that sort of thing so yeah rogers doesn't have that dial nearly as much yeah. Uh, I mean, look, we're, we're, we are headed to a new generation. Brady is, you know, I mean, he's not that guy anymore. Rogers, not that guy anymore. Russell Wilson, not that guy what, anymore. What do you think about the, I'll call it the Steve Ruiz take where now he's just, he's just gone full. Um, everything is traits. 
You know, all that matters is your traits after seeing guys like Josh Allen and Herbert and Mahomes and whoever succeed. And it's just all about traits now. We're, we're, Whereas, you know, like I did a series in the offseason on best quarterbacks of all time, and I tried to figure out a calculation based upon some like stats we could use from pro football reference going all the way back on value added over average. And you look at guys in the top 10. I mean, there are, you know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, you could say, is even not like the most physically talented guy that's up there. You know, maybe Roger Staubach, who's in there, or some other guys that are in there. Now, not everyone's Brett Favre, right, who's in that list. Joe Montana. Um, are those guys just not like, is it, are those guys done as, as far as their ability to ever match the top end, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes types. Of I think they have to be in Tua's situation, right? Because I think yeah. Tua and uh, look, oh, I got in so many arguments with this, with like Hayden and, and Josh Norris and these guys, cause they, the, you know, Tua has none of the traits. He's not big. He's not fast. I mean, watching him throw some of these deep balls to Tyreek is like watching your kid brother try and launch, uh, you know, a pail over the fence or something. Like, I, yeah. I just specifically remember this one where he literally wound up like a three-step throw. Um, but Tua is in basically the perfect situation. Very smart head coach, two great guy, and he he executes the offense, he delivers, and people don't really believe it. The betting markets, you know, don't really believe it or or whatever. Um, but I... I clearly think that they were right to put Tua in this situation. And and I, I think maybe more importantly, the NFL believes that like this dude will leave us for Kentucky. I, I don't know where you're at on um, you know, looking at at college football stuff, but this guy is is being rumored as like a potential top five um selection. And he's just bad. I mean, there's just there's really no way around it. He has uh, 46 passing touchdowns to 25 interceptions in college, eight yards per attempt, had to transfer from Penn State to Kentucky. He's like a big dude. He can move a little bit. He can run. But just like not like he's going to look hilariously bad starting as a rookie in the NFL. But it is. I mean, he's he's big. He's got a cannon. You know, I, I, I kind yeah, of believe Josh it. Allen was bad. Josh Allen was bad, Davis. I so would, therefore, trust me, we don't have to, I, I think this like Justin Herbert was bad is a little bit of a misperception. He, he just took a lot of sacks and lost big games. It, he wasn't he wasn't horrible. He just was really bad. I mean, he might have been the time. number one pick if he came out a year earlier, like staying in the staying for a senior season did not help his reputation. Um he would definitely, he probably would have gone a little bit higher, at least if he had gone out earlier. And after his freshman or sophomore year, he was looking like a a, a lock number one pick sort of guy. So yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's just interesting. Steve Young is another guy I was just thinking of. Athletic, but that dude did not have an arm at all. Maybe it's the left-hand bias sort of thing. But yeah, he, did, he didn't have an arm. When it came to Tua, like I finally resolved myself. And anyone who's listened to me, I'm sorry if I'm saying this for like the 5 billionth time. But I said it was going to be 2017 Alex Smith. That's what I thought. That's what I thought too it was going to be this season. So I think that's that's kind of worked out. You know, you can't overcome every situation, but he's going to be able to put the ball where it needs to be. And when you have Tyreek Hill, who low key, like I think has proven himself to be the best receiver in the NFL this season, even though no, Jefferson is. I, I don't know, man. Look at what he's done. Look at what he's done. By Maybe honestly, I, I I might even just be like I might be having like tape bias right now because like you know the the tape bros would be like. Jefferson can win in any situation. He does all these routes. He 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 moves his hands in such a way, you know, and yeah, then you watch yeah. Tyreek and it's much less sophisticated. And he's basically just like 
the quick twitchiest human being alive. I mean, Tyreek is more for me is like a for the white the wide receiver Steph Curry, and then uh, Justin Jefferson is more in the like MJ LeBron sort of mold, where the guys who get heavily targeted and they're kind of that guy who's like the go to receiver more so than like that's more like on ball in the NBA, a guy who's really impressive on ball on the NBA. But Tyreek just like changes the whole dynamic of how you have to play. Yeah, he he shapes, he bends, he bends the whole space. But he has more off ball, if whatever you want to call that for a receiver, off value, yeah, influence than anyone else in the NFL. I, yeah, that's that's definitely true. I mean, I I, I would say uh, it's pretty close to me between. I guess Mahomes hasn't crashed though, so maybe that's like evidence in the other direction. No, but no, no. I, I just know. think it's I just think it's evidence that Mahomes is literally like a genius, like that he yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and and Andy <laughs> Reid and Andy Reid, by the way. Well, they have competent pieces. I know you were kind of like trashing MVS, but I think it's a different situation than what happened with Rodgers. I think Rodgers losing. MVS and Devontae Adams, and then bringing in like Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Hey, they've been really good. Though, if those two dudes were healthy, Dobbs has not been really good. He was good in the preseason. He was okay. He's whatever. Christian Watson has been fine. I'm just saying that was a bigger downgrade, in my opinion, or or worse. They brought in a worse support for that than Juju Smith Schuster. You know, MVS. Still having Kelsey there, you know they still had a, a better. A lot, lot of people, a lot of people are regretting saying mean things about McCall Hardman because he was really good when he was in. McCall, <laughs> yeah, by was, the way, well, he was doing something. Yeah, I'll give him that. By the He's way, a bonehead though. He's a bonehead. Hey, you take you. We we like McCall Hardman in these parts. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, how mad are people going to be? Like, so people were so shocked by that Christian Kirk and Zay Jones contract. Yeah. McCall Hardman is going to get paid this offseason the list of free agent wide receivers is so thin and all the kansas city guys uh are are all coming off to be free agents and they are all going to get huge con like mccordman is going to get 15 million dollars aav probably yeah and then what are what are the chiefs going to do uh Kadarius tony they're going to under his ready to take over i remember i, I literally well, don't i literally don't know what they're going to do it seems we'll see bad. what happens we'll see what happens but people were were not happy about my Darius Tony take, which was basically like this was like a 90-10 or a 10-90 trade for the Chiefs, where it's like 10% of the time you're gonna get a huge hit, 90% of the time you're gonna probably get close to nothing out of Kadarius Tony. Like people didn't get that. People were like, no, he's just gonna come in and be awesome. It's like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's possible. No, see, I mean, I you're probably right, but like it was a bet the Chiefs 100 percent million percent had to make the 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 chance to get a really good wide receiver for a third and a sixth is a slam dunk for them. I guess, but you're also getting them from a team that has no wide receivers and was they hated him. each other. They hated they him. each other to get rid of him. So yeah. Brian Dable just hated him, which is like, you can have personality things. That's fine. Guys cannot get yeah, along. Yeah, but it's, it's one of those things too, where, okay. So if, if the logic is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, make players so great so therefore like it's worth it to get a player then doesn't it isn't it like more worth it to get any player no matter who that player is like justin watson can come in and do something you know you don't have no no because they so so you're right to a certain degree so you're right to the degree that plug in demarcus robinson plug in jody forson or whatever doesn't matter so don't spend too much, you know, uh, to, like just, you know, play those guys, right? Bring Deshaun Jack, you know, do what the Ravens are doing. But the ability to find a guy who might be 
74.5% of what Tyreek gave you, that is the thing that's going to help you win Super Bowls again. Because I think you can see it in those games against the Bills and against the Bengals. They need a play. They need a play. They need a play. They, you know, Tyreek, you know, flashing the peace sign or whatever. Like they need one of those and it doesn't come. And yeah, they can sustain these amazing drives and they can get bailed out on fourth down because they have this alien playing quarterback. But it also helps to have the aliens at the other position too. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe Tony will come around. It's just the, 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 the book on him was that he literally did not want to like see, hear, think about anything football when he's not in the facility. So it's just like, he just goes away in the off season and he's like doing his rap tapes or whatever. And he's hanging out and I don't know, maybe that'll turn around in Kansas city and he can become that guy, but I'm just not sure you could ever really get to that level. If you're not that, that guy. I mean, that's, that's fair. Like I'm uh, that I, I, I don't even, um, they couldn't even, they couldn't get him, get him to come in for anything volunteer, anything voluntary at all. He was just like, nope, not going to do it, uh, which is almost unheard of for a rookie and a second year player to to do. You love, I mean, you love that. I mean, you hear these. <laughs> so here's the thing: you hear these things about athletes all the time when things are going poorly, but then when they're crushing, right? When they're having a great season, that it then becomes like a funny oddity. You're like, oh, this guy you know, goes fishing on Tuesdays or whatever, instead of thinking about football, like it's such a matter of it's a, uh, uh, you know, the, the, from, from a certain point of view type thing. True. True. I mean, it's interesting though. That I, I know I'm like just rehashing all this Patrick Mahomes interview, but I thought it was, I was a little bit surprised by the fact that maybe this is true of a lot of guys that he said he didn't really take it seriously until getting to the NFL, as far as the studying and things like that, and learning from Alex Smith well, and everything else, do you know? I was a do you know who surprised is, to hear that? Do you know who his college coach was? Well, I know, I know. I, I, I don't think I don't think his college coach his college really coach. Took, but I just thought it was interesting because those seriously? are the things. So those are the things. Like you do not like it's so hard. Not only the draft is hard from a talent perspective, from an everything else perspective. Like how how many times do you have a prospect like Patrick Mahomes can do everything he does? You talk to you, you get references and they're like, yeah, the dude doesn't really like study, you know, it doesn't really, he just goes out there and makes plays. How many times did that guy come to the NFL and nothing, the, the light, the light switch never goes on. Right. And nothing ever happens. Like that's the part that's so hard. I think to get with these players is to figure out who's going to be that, that guy or not. I mean, I think it would happen whether Alex Smith was there or not, but obviously that, that really helped him because I'm sure there's some guys like Peyton Manning, I'm sure in college was like fucking insane with yeah, the preparation yeah. and everything Crazy, else the right? entire time. So it, it's hard to say. And that's the kind of stuff that a lot of the times we don't, learn until later you know yeah yeah you don't know right well yeah and, and that's when you make like a, a Corey coleman pick or something like that J- jalen like, rager yeah how are you supposed to know i mean rager didn't have that great of stats i i got fooled by rager though those highlights oh. were, were money oh buddy uh, the punt the punt return just bombs just bombs had me uh, yeah the punt, yeah there's a couple of so he's like going backwards all of a sudden um remember when he ran like a four six or something, something's awful and then we're like oh that doesn't count that doesn't count i, I saw yeah it just, it just does it just doesn't count yeah yeah it's pro day he was like four one um yeah so yeah you, you it's so it's so t- it's so tough for those evaluations you got uh you you got the Steelers moving on from Kenny Pickett very soon. He's been he's been horrible. Uh, I mean probably not just because that's not what NFL teams do. I mean when was the last time other than Josh Rosen that we saw that? And even then the Cardinals had the number one pick, 
um, and a player who they liked clearly. Um, yeah. And a legitimate type of prospect who could, who could be that guy. So as of now, but what what are we looking at now for the? I mean, just just to give Steelers. just to give you an idea, Steelers are drafting 14th as of now. I mean, that's like in no man's land. Kenny Kenny Pickett for Zach Wilson. Who says no? That's actually fascinating from a team building perspective. Everyone? What are the what are what are the what do the Jets do with Wilson? Do you think Wilson is just on the Rosen path? Like it's just it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, well, I mean, I don't think it's Rosen path because he was like traded away. So I don't think they'll trade him away because I don't think, I, I think we. No yeah, one, no one's trading a, a day two pick for Zach Wilson. He's toxic. Yeah, it's even worse in some way. In some ways, like Rosen having not coming in until midway or part of the way through the season, a completely dysfunctional Cardinals team like Sam Bradford, remember, played that year and looked equally as bad, if not worse. So there was like maybe you could talk yourself into with that limited sample trading a second round pick. Andy Isabella, by the way. So I guess they didn't. It wasn't exactly cleaning. Rest, up rest in peace. Day. Rest in peace. Our our University of Massachusetts King. So maybe you could do that for Wilson. I think they're stuck because they can't get rid of him for anything. They're going to hold him. And what they'll, I believe, everyone's theory, which is they're going to look at one of these vets who are going to be available in the off season. And Derek Carr is one. I think. No, he's funny. He's going to the Colts. Derek, Derek Carr is already he's already bought a house in Indianapolis. What are you talking about? Whoever whoever trades, whoever's gonna gonna, gonna trade for him, uh, I think Derek Carr is a strong possibility. I think Jimmy Garoppolo would have been a very strong possibility. But then, I also thought San Francisco would look to bring him back. But this injury, because if you listen to what Shanahan said when they traded up for it, it was almost weird how much he talked about Jimmy Garoppolo's injuries as being a reason for why. It wasn't, it wasn't like all of the, you know, the, the film bros out here who were like, yeah. he, he realized that. Jimmy oh, the, do it. No. the film bros are the ones who are wrong about Jimmy Garoppolo. Not no, Kevin. not the wrong about Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I'm saying they're wrong about this whole theory of like Shanahan knew that he could never take him to them to the promised land. Like he kept on talking about Jimmy Garoppolo got injured too much. And that was a big problem. And he couldn't, he basically couldn't take it anymore. I mean, he, it tanked two of their seasons, right? The fact that he got injured. So the fact, so I think they were almost leaning towards bringing him back next year and giving him a real chance to start until he had this injury again, which is going to rehash all these thoughts. I think for Shanahan be like, we just can't trust this guy to stay healthy. So Garoppolo is also an option. I think for I literally forgot about Trey Lance until you just mentioned him. <laughs> Trey Lance is like, he, he's, he's a five percenter. I would say right now of working out, unfortunately for Trey Lance. I mean, I've no, just, just co- combination of not playing injury. Uh, how about, how about this one? You're, you're, this'll, this'll be surprising to people. Trey Lance, year and a half younger than Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I mean, Kenny Pickett, we knew Kenny Pickett was 25 or whatever. I mean, so, I'm yeah. actually, I'm actually shocked by this. Lamar Trey Jackson Lance... is like, is like the same age as, as, or is like a year older than Kenny Pickett or something. What's Lamar? So, Tra- that, Trey Lance. That's one of was my the young... because Lamar Jackson was extremely young coming out. Sam Darnold's the only younger guy. I think who ended up having success. So yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson is 25 years old. Isn't Kenny Pickett 25 years old? 20, 24. He's the same age as Jordan Love, same age as Sam Ellinger, same age as funnily enough, Mac Jones, him and Tua. That's the one him, Tua and Jalen Hurts are all the same age. Okay. So he's like a year, he's a year and four months younger than, um, than Lamar Jackson. 
Yeah, right Jordan, or by the way, Trey Lance, youngest player to throw a pass in the NFL this season. This Pretty season? interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold was the youngest, I believe, almost ever to to start week one, at least as a, as a rookie, because he was born in June of his draft year. So he would have been, let me see, that would have made him 22. So he would have been like three, two, three years younger than Kenny Pickett when he started his rookie season. There are there are so many teams that don't have an answer at quarterback. Like I this last offseason yeah. was a crazy offseason for like musical chairs and quarterbacks were switching and wide receivers were switching, but I mean, there are so many teams that are unsettled. Atlanta is unsettled. Baltimore does not have a contract extension agreed with Lamar. Carolina is unsettled. Um I guess I mean, I guess Den- Denver, I guess you you'd have to say probably is Jared Goff is on a one year remaining deal. Is that right? Yeah. Well, and the Rams have the Rams have, I mean the Rams, the the lines have the Rams pick. So that's a number three, number four pick right now. Houston that is a number four pick, the number four pick. Houston is unsettled. I mean, they've, they've had probably the worst quarterback. Yeah, play. It's, it's weird because last, okay. Quarterback play was pretty good last year. Yes. Generally. And then this season, we actually reached a point where with the last couple of musical chairs moves and then Baker Mayfield being after that, where it was like, there's no place to go. There's no spots left because we thought a lot of these guys were, were semi-solid. Moving. And now, as we've seen in the results, we've seen in the stats, They're all a lot bad. of guys are just not good this year. Um, and that has really flipped the whole dynamic on its head. We went from a league where it looked like it had – maybe the best level of average to above average to even below average quarterback talent in a long time to uh, things aren't going so hot. Yeah. I mean, this is actually crazy looking through how, how bad this is. Um, Indy is going to need a new quarterback. Like, I don't think there's any way they can run the Matt Ryan thing back. What, 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 I mean, we have, we're an hour into taking the temperature of the NFL and we haven't even discussed the Rams. I mean, what a spectacular and and look, hey, I'm not one of these. I I've seen this take out there that like, ah, oh, you know, I mean, they're in such a state. Like, you do it ten times out of ten for a Super Bowl, in my opinion. Maybe other people have a different opinion. But what is the what is the way back with this roster? Like, what can they even do? Um, because apparently you, you're breaking news to me on, on this pushing show. In. I mean, you you hope the Stafford comes back. You try to fix the offensive line because I don't know, but that seems like that's been the most important determinant of how much quarterback success that they've had, even going back to Jared Goff, where that line is performing well. They seem to perform pretty well. If not, then not. And you hope you have enough like comp picks and other stuff uh, saved up, which they do, uh, I believe, to you know hit on some hit on some some picks. That's that's all you can really do. And they got to hit on a lot of picks. I mean, what part of their roster is good? Well, they still have like I don't think their defense is necessarily that it's, bad. It's they the still, defense. The defense. They have has superstar been good. talent at least. Yeah. It's just they, they they didn't hit on the pieces around the superstar talent. So you're going to hope to reshuffle that, right? You're going to say we still have Aaron Donald. Hopefully, we still have Jalen Ramsey. We still have Matthew Stafford. Hopefully, uh, we still have Cooper Cup. And now we're just gonna, you know, reshuffle the rest of the rest of the roster, or you know, partially reshuffle the rest of the roster, and hope we get a good 
hope you get a good draw. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, without, and I guess, yeah, without I guess you're, pick. you're, you're breaking, you're breaking news to me on, on this program that Matthew Stafford retiring doesn't solve their, their woes. Not <laughs> no, great. It does not. It, well, Baker Mayfield will take over. Let's take over next year. So they got that. I, I this is going to be my it. new, this is going to be my new correcting people on Twitter thing where like, I'm going to be like, Oh, you think that helps, but actually it doesn't. Kevin told me. And there, because, because, because this is like, I'm not the first person to think that Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, or whatever these guys retiring solves the, uh, the Cowboys, the Saints. What are the Saints going to do at quarterback? They, they have nothing. What are the Patriots going to do? Is Bill Belichick just going to coach eight win teams for the rest of his career? What are the Giants going to do? The Giants are, are going to win too many games to get a good pick. But they, they're well, not going to Yeah, pay. I think like if they make the playoffs, then they may feel like they got a franchise. Daniel Jones, who does not have his well, I have I have option. good news. I have good news for Giants fans. That tie against the Commanders was disaster for your playoff equity. It was really bad. Was it? I thought it was good. I thought it was well. Maybe it wasn't good. It was. Bad it, I guess the, it it depends on it your matter the Lions, perspective. At least, yeah, yeah, um, um yeah, yeah. The uh, Pittsburgh. You know, I was looking up though. You know, Matthew Stafford is twelfth all time in NFL pass attempts. Yeah. He's only got a few less than actually Aaron Rodgers right now. So it's it's there's only only Brady, Ryan, and Rodgers in the NFL right now have more pass attempts than Stafford. So Stafford's like 34 years old, but he's got like the NFL years. Like he's got NFL years. He's 40 basically. How long he's he's gonna be entering his 15th season next season? It's probably a bigger bigger possibility of retiring than that. Now his contract is not as debilitating, I think. And I always love, he's in a good situation where I feel like if he did retire, that because they won the Super Bowl in particular, and probably just because the Kronky, Kronky is like richer than God, um, that whole family is richer than God, that maybe they let him keep the bonus money on the contract that he just signed. They won't go after him. Like the massive PR disaster that the Lions had going after um, Calvin Johnson. Is that a thing? Do teams do that? You can, yeah. If you don't like it's if you don't play out the proration of the bonus. Um yeah, so Stafford has 86 million in prorated bonus, and he's only worked off 12 million of that. So the rest of the prorated bonus they could they could theoretically go go after. If they post June one, if he's gets post June one. It's zero cap hit. It's only twenty million dollar cap hit, and it's zero zero savings, so z- zero loss of the cap. Um, if they June won him after this season, so they they could they could you, 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 it's just like a release, right? So he could retire, and then they just post June one his uh, his official retirement. So seems like seems like out. a lot of seems like a lot of work when the NFL should just let these dudes retire. <laughs> let 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 Stafford yes. go off into the sunset, you know. But yeah, it looks like the 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 Rams. I'm not 100 percent sure about this, but I think they could go after 74 million dollars if they wanted to. Seems bad. Seems like they should not do that. I mean, I don't know. Good for Matt Stafford. He got well, the. Guys bag. Are, I mean, the Cronky is like married to a Walton, right? He's like yeah. married the guy. So he's rich and he's married to someone from the Walmart fortune. So yeah, probably a bad look. I well here in St. Louis, everyone hates him, right? Because they, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what else? What else is interesting? Are we good? Did we did we get to every, who? What? What's our what's our uh, what's our take on 
the what's the, what's the best future right now? Mahomes to win MVP at plus money. Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah, I mean, to win the Super Bowl. Mahomes, whenever Mahomes MVP is is falling at all, uh, I'll be scooping it, that it, up. It fell. It fell this last week. I mean, every offseason I've been on it. So unfortunately, it hasn't cashed. But I don't think it's been bad. I don't think it's been a bad like a minus EV type of move. I got so, it. I got it at nine to one at peak Justin Herbert mania time. Yeah. Um, me I mean that feels here. insane retroactively to think that Mahomes was being offered at nine to one for MVP. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was dumb. I mean, it, you know, whatever. It's the way. It's the way it goes. I haven't been looking at it recently, just because. It's all about the week to week now. I don't know. You you got anything you've been looking at? No, I mean the market seems so bled dry because no one believes in any teams other than the top three. It's like and and you know the Cowboys always are about half as short as they should be. I actually think the Cowboys could win the Super Bowl this year. Funnily enough, um, you know they they kind of yeah. Have no, the... I think they could too. I mean the NFC. You said no one believes in the Cowboys. Uh, ESPN has, you know numbers that they probably shouldn't be publicizing that much but their fpi their football power index yeah. has dallas is number one and like way above everyone else so when they put out their odds you'll see on sports center they'll be like dallas cowboys have a the best chance to make the super bowl and the best chance to win the super bowl it's like nah they, they don't but that that's what they that's what they have according to their numbers at least yeah um all right man Let's send people. What about to my, the, I, I got to plug my sub. What about yeah? Offensive I, rookie I was of the year? I was about to give you there. I was about to give it to you. Offensive rookie of the year. Do you know Kenneth Walker still has the the shortest odds? I'm a little bit surprised by that. Christian Watson. Okay, I'd fade that. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't that isn't Garrett Wilson just gonna win this award? I think so because I think he's gonna be able to get the volume to get there. Chris Olave at 450, maybe plus 450 is a little bit interesting. No one else really has a chance to do it i mean if walker um, misses multiple games with this ankle injury garrett wilson is literally a shoe in shit i don't know yeah. i guess maybe christian watson could win it i the only bet the only bet i've placed in this market was rashad white at 100 to 1 in the preseason because i was not a leonard Fournette believer just need i just needed yeah, lenny yeah. to had, twist his I ankle had preseason, earlier i had preseason damian pierce um which looked good for a while <laughs> until the texans just put the tank put the super tank on and then, the, and then they went down in absolute flames. And I also had Brees Hall. Um, so well, that's, that's, that would, that would have been pretty good though. I think that would have been one. Oh, Brees would have won. Really he looks, he looks special. He looked really, really good. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's talk Substack. I got to talk Substack here. Yeah. So, Substack. yeah unexpected so the first points. thing is you got to Go charge ahead. people, dude. We're not sending people I, to unexpected no, I, points. Hey, listen, Substack for I, free. Fuck, I mean, I was, I, I was kicked to the curb on Friday. I want is like middle week 13 is about to go off. I don't know what I'm doing. So I just started up and I didn't even think about my strategy in that regard. I was going to confirm with Ben Gretsch, friend of the pod, I'm sure a friend of your pod. Yeah, oh, um, big time, big time. With friend. his stealing signals. One of the few guys that I know that's doing this type of operation who has a similar, maybe sort of profile than, than I do. Although mine's going to be probably less uh, heavily focused on fantasy specifically. I was going to ask him for his advice on that before I decided to pull the trigger in either direction, but just thinking it through logically, you're right. Well, maybe I'll just flip it on. Maybe I'll just flip on the ability to, to, but I have to lock some things too. Maybe next week, maybe next week I'll, I'll, I'll flip it on and I'll figure it out. I put the podcast on there. So I already got that on there and I could figure out that strategy. I should talk to you about the strategy of how to lock or unlock podcast. Do you give a little taste? Do you give them like well, a preview? So, so I, I do not do Patreon in a GTO way. I, but basically the so take like the rest of your life. 
I do some things in a GTO way. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, so the the thing is, is I there are a lot of shows I listen to or whatever that some of them have the, the paywall, some of them don't. So like, I just love that show. I'd like to support that show. I would like to get more episodes of that show. So I subscribe yeah. to it. It basically just exists as a way for people who like this show and want to support it uh, a way to do that. Um, I, I think the GTO way to do it is to have a free feed and a paid feed. The paid feed has bonus episodes. It, you get it early. So if you really like the show and you want to get it on a Monday instead of a Friday or whatever, you you do it that way. And then you have like a Discord going. You're, you're going to have to get in the Discord streets. You're, there's going to have to be an unexpected points Discord. That's that's they definitely have a part chat, of it. A Substack. They have like a chat, which I assume is, is they're trying to replicate the Discord sort of thing. So I'm going to check. Yeah, I'll check that out. And then what I've seen is, what do you think about like, I don't know if you can do this effectively, but what do you think about the Sam Harris model? Have you seen the Sam Harris model where I think he has a free feed, but it just, first of all, he has these episodes that are just insane. They're like two and a half hours long or something like that sometimes, but he'll have a free, he'll have free episodes that go for, let's say 30 minutes. And then they just kind of fade out at a certain point. And it's like, if you want to subscribe to get the whole thing, do so like giving them that taste, is that worth it? Or do you I just think, piss I think off? that only works if you're a big famous dude, like Sam Harris. I think that I think that I think that works if you have a million and a half Twitter followers and people have like uh formerly and, and, Sam Harris is off of Twitter now. I don't know if you knew that. I can't. With these with these like half half liberal, half far you know, it's like Sam Harris is like a big Democrat donor, but then he also is, you know, I mean, it's a whole Sam Harris is a whole thing. Uh yes. can't keep up. But but yeah, I just I just don't I don't think uh either of the people on this program are at the level of fame where we can no, tease I agree. them. I'm just thinking I'm just I'm trying to like iterate through different ideas for how, how to best do it. But it's probably better just to have some locked, some unlocked type of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking about just I, I would rolling say everything through Substack because they seem even, to have a pretty complete platform now for like chat, which again, maybe it's similar to Discord, um posts and then and then a uh, uh, podcast all in one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think the way Ethan Sherwood Strauss does it is really good. I think he, he kind of has that, that blended free and premium model. He does, he had a free podcast. It was free for a while that now is mostly behind the paywall there. He also, uh, I don't know. I'm not a, a paid subscriber, so I don't have access to this to his, but he has his articles uh, also audio recorded. If you someone, I don't know if he reads it or if someone, you know, if his wife or whatever reads them, but he yeah. has you can so you can listen to it um as as a podcast basically. Should I, should I become should I become the the like liberal but yet um anti woke but, voice but of the I'm, NFL? I'm I'm a lefty, but I'm just asking the questions, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Should I, I become didn't, that I didn't, voice? I didn't vote a, for Donald Trump, but I'm still an independent. Is there a thinker. lane? Is there a but I can't vote for you know AOC also. Um, you know, like is there is there a lane? Is there a lane? Maybe there's a lane in the NFL for that. Has anyone staked out that territory? No, yeah, plenty, plenty of people. Like, do that, Clay the Travis is more thing. like he's just officially right. So he doesn't really have that like Erudite, I think he, like, I think he like, would tell you he's college, not. And yeah, what do you say? I think I think I think he would tell you he's not. But yeah, that that space is already very full in football. I think. Is it? I'm gonna have to think about it. You're, you to, you you got to go to you got to you got to like find. I have like libertarian sensibilities, which I assume all these guys kind of kind of had. I have my libertarian phase, like any good, smart, college-aged 
white male should should you yeah, have to any, go anyone that. anyone who read Mises for the first time is like oh you maybe you go maybe he's on to something like, yeah, here yeah, exactly you're like it does make sense um yeah I, I gotta think about how I'm gonna position myself I'm gonna try to stay away from from that stuff but if I have to go culture war you know I'm willing to turn that. I mean, I, I've 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 long said I've long said if I really really wanted to be rich enough, I would just go full culture war. Um, I I don't I don't my desire for money is not that great yet. But if you it like just imagine how easy it is to make a living as a culture war grifter. I, either side, right? I if left right doesn't. I mean, it's got to be literally the easiest job. You just you just pick whatever topic of the day is. And you'd be like, can you believe this? Donald Trump called for the suspension of the Constitution. Or then if you're a, if you're a, a right-wing grifter, you're like, you know, J- Joe Biden, is, there's children you know, in the basement of the White House. It's got to be you know so the people easy. I love, the people I love, like, I love this game plan that I've seen executed a few times. So I don't know if these people actually made any money or not. So I can't, I can't say that. But the people that go and they find a visible Congress person from the other party of who they're going to like be grifting for sure. and they run against them. And even though they have no chance of ever probably even winning the nomination for the, let's say Republic, like Nancy Pelosi or something, you're like, Oh, I'm going to run. Sure, sure. And then they put on their Twitter profile, like running for Congress and Nancy Pelosi's thing. And then they put out things that they know will get dunked on. And that's how they get, vi- and they get viral through being engagement, through being yes, dunked yes, on. Yes, that is, that is a business plan. Them from the other side. And I like, that's like the funniest niche to me is people who, who do that because it works every single time, basically for getting a lot of followers, you know? Um, yes, that is a viable strategy because then what happens is, so you post it, you know, I, I post a dumb left-wing or right-wing tweet, you know, whatever. Yeah. You, you, you fill in your own example. And then- so I, I post a tweet saying retweet if Joe Biden hates America and then and then that'll happen. But then what it goes further and then you get the right wing people coming in the left wing people's mentions and being like, you don't understand. And then yeah. all of a sudden you, you, you've you built yourself up and then you're charging people twenty dollars a month to your 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 sub stack. I mean, it really yeah. it's it's got to be truly the easiest job in human history what a time to be yeah, alive and you send out the emails and you're like help us preserve help us you know, preserve save our, america save our children from radical marxist uh trans ideology uh send the I've, I've established a we're taking over the school boards in every state and doing whatever. yeah we're gonna we're gonna ban we're gonna ban some books or it's just I, maybe I missed my calling. Maybe I got to shut the whole fantasy football thing down. I'm coming back. I, I, I'm, I'm going to deactivate my Twitter. I'm coming back in six months. And uh, I'll, I'll just be I'll just be the dude who's ready to take all your Donald Trump money, just all of it. And I'm going to be so rich. Can you imagine? Uh, you should thing. do this. Honestly, I'm cut like yeah, you just I mean, you have the opportunity. Know. I don't care what people think about me, but. It would be a little bit weird to have a bunch of people that hate your guts who um, who you probably agree with on like 99.9% of things, you know? The, the money spends the same, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, I'll think about it. Think about it. So I may also start a second sub stack called, um, you know, whatever. Anti-woke called called NFL. Taking Back America. Anti-woke NFL. Protecting, protecting our, protecting the flag and the shield. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we'll work on that. Okay. I will. I'll workshop. I'll maybe I'll bring you in. You can, we, we can. We well, can I, I'm thinking about it. Cause I, I also, I want a sub stack maybe to do some crypto stuff. Although no one cares about crypto right now at all. So I don't think that would be a big draw, but yeah, you uh, you I the vote on that one. Well, you know, how's your dinosaur skulls doing by the way, dude, I, uh, you got to say one, one thing about me is I knew no that a lot them, of no the stuff. No, I just know I like NFTs. Like this, this shit really is worth. I mean, I I sold. Okay, okay. I sold the the top 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 of of those markets by and large. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations. Uh, so, there. so no more no more dinosaur skulls for me. I do still own some NFTs because some of them I like. Some of them I like. Yeah, looks rare. I want to keep it. Do you got any? Um, what the hell is the NFL version of Top Shot? What's it called? NFL All Day. So I uh I bought their first pack drop. Got a Travis Kelsey, sold it. That's it. I I don't I don't own any Top Shots. I don't own any NFL all day, which is what it's called. I well, I, I shot you a note about about the Urbit thing, which maybe I could get in on those streets. Maybe I can get in on like the Curtis Yarvin uh, monarchist. There's all monarchist there's. Streets. If you want to talk, you want to talk about people who are ready to pay ten dollars a month to read to read a Substack. Those are I your believe, people. I believe uh, the new right is what it's uh, what people call it. I believe Yarvin calls it the deep right. I think I read somewhere. But I need to get onto these deep right streets because he's targeting like. He's targeting elites. He's targeting elites for this whole thing. It's like cool yeah. kids. It's like he's trying to get the cool kids. It's like a cool thing now. So maybe maybe that'll be my new, new venture. Well, well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we got we got some workshopping to do. Uh, everyone, unexpectedpoints.substack.com. Kevin is figuring out when he's going to charge you, what he's going to charge you. He's working on all of that. I will be back next week with uh, a special guest. I, we don't have the time confirmed, so I'm not going to say it, but I'm looking forward to that one. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all then. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.